Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Team, today we are going to talk about the sending of over 20 letters by an anonymous person. Right, these letters were sent about the plaintiffs. Why do we care? Because the letters made all these allegations, such as the plaintiffs were having extramarital affairs, the plaintiffs who ran an aged care facility were doing so in a negligent way, the plaintiffs were misappropriating funds, the plaintiffs were evil and various bad things. Each different letter, the court said, would be sufficient to found a defamation claim. They were bad letters, they were mean letters. Importantly for us, none of them were signed by a specific person. So they were signed in a way that seemed to allege that whoever had written the letters was suggesting they were written on behalf of a group of concerned people. There was an attempt to sort of uh, give the image of them being on behalf of a number of people, but never were those people specific. So they were all unsigned. And so what the plaintiffs did was sue a specific defendant. Now, the defendant did not accept that they were the writer of the letters. They said, mm, I didn't write them. And so the court was left to draw an inference about whether or not the defendant had written the letters. Now, the defendant said, oh, what I should tell you as well, is the defendant was a former employee of the aged care facility and that towards the end of their time as an employee of the aged care facility, there'd been a number of arguments and the relationship had essentially broken down and it was found by the court, despite the defendant saying that they were all getting on well and they weren't angry anymore, but it was found by the court that the relationship had broken down in a way that was essentially irretrievable. And so what happened was we had our plaintiffs who commenced these proceedings against the defendant. The defendant said, I didn't write the letters. And so the court had to figure it out by drawing an inference. And so what the court did was work through a number of evidentiary points. Firstly, the court found that the defendant's evidence was wholly unsatisfactory, completely unsatisfactory in its entirety. Secondly, what the court did was work through a reasonably detailed chronology. And what the court found in working through a reasonably detailed chronology, including times when, for example, the defendant was in China and some letters were sent from China, or the defendant was in Australia and some letters were sent from Australia, was eventually working through the detailed evidence and finding that the uh, defendant had previously forged letters uh, and sent them from a post office, drew the inference that the letters had indeed been written by the defendant. So, the court inferred the defendant wrote them. The next question for the court is, well, what are we going to do about it? Now, relevantly for this claim is that the plaintiffs, or some of them, had very good reputations in the Chinese-Australian community and the allegations made were very damaging to these positions. And so the damages were significant. And between three plaintiffs, the court ordered that the amount of damages to be paid was $635,000. Now, in addition to that damages claim, the court issued injunctions preventing the defendant from publishing similar material in future. So, what I hope we learned today was that failing to identify oneself on a letter, uh, in this case, was not sufficient for the defendant to protect themselves from serious liability in defamation. And I look forward to joining you again soon. 
for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.